Have you ever wondered why humans are the way they are and why we've digressed so much from the way we used to be? Well, I think about this all the time, to be honest. It's kind of weird. Um, it all started when I read Sapiens, The History of Humankind by Yuval Harari. And I really related it back to my own personal experiences of working on a farm and being involved in the sustainability community and traveling to India frequently as a kid. And it all really clicked with me that we as humans have totally digressed as I said earlier, from what makes us human, what connects us to the planet. And that's why I believe that there's so much waste and misunderstanding when it comes to sustainable lifestyle. So join me in this episode where I take a little deep dive into why reconnecting with nature will help us reconnect with how we are truly meant to live sustainably. Anyways, thank you guys so much for joining me for yet another episode of Brown Living Green, where I spill the sustainability tea. This week's episode is something that is very exciting for me to talk about, and honestly, it kind of is very reflective and meditative to think about too, and that is just our disconnection from nature, our natural processes, and how our rapid evolvement as humans have led to this interesting society we live in to say the least, a society that's based on productivity, but also fast-paced economies of scale, mass production, industrialization, capital capitalism, and oppression, and systematic oppression at that. So let's just dive right into it. So this topic is rather complex and it's pretty impossible to cover all of it in one setting sitting. So I'm just going to go ahead and kind of share my story. Again, Brown Living Green is not supposed to be an encyclopedia of information. It's me, a brown female, sharing my perspective on sustainability, climate change, social impact, all of the above, and just explaining it through my own lens. So here we go with my story, right? So I became into sustainability at a very young age, and it started in and developed in ways that I really didn't expect. My sustainability story all began in India. So my family is from a small southern town in India called Coimbatore. And when I say small town, small towns in India are like easily the size of like Atlanta. So take it with a grain of salt. But Coimbatore was relatively small compared to many of the super cities and mega cities in India. So Coimbatore is located in Tamil Nadu, which is along the southern coast of India. And every summer I used to go back and visit my family. And I was always, I guess you could say, quirky. (laughs) Just kidding. I was always interested in doing activities that were a little off the beaten path in the sense that I would always want to go and just walk around to the slum areas and see where a lot of our house servants lived. In India, it's not uncommon to have servants who work in your house, and I was very, very close to one in particular. Her name was Karthi, and I would always want to follow her everywhere she went, and certain occasions she actually took me to her house and Karpi if you are familiar with the Hindu caste system was an untouchable and what an untouchable is is someone who's so far I guess you could say so very low on the social standing and the social ranks of the caste system that they're actually not even considered part of the caste system and this is a really interesting thing because 
Carpe taught me a lot about what the class divide means in India and what that looks like, but she also just introduced me to a brand new perspective. Like I said earlier, I diverge a little bit, but like I said earlier, I would always want to go with Carpe wherever she went. And she one day took me to her slum and she lived in a place that had no electricity, no water, um, and everything was sort of traded in that area. Everything had to be um, grown on their own or bartered with other people in the slum community. And it was very different than what I was used to because my grandparents were pretty well off in India. And of course, I was from America, so we didn't have anything like that. And that was something that always stuck in my head. I started really understanding social class and social uh, standings at a very young age. And that translated to how I started to view sustainability through a social lens. So with all of that being said, when I went back to India every summer, things always looked very different. Um, Every single time I went back, there seemed like there was new developments. Um, My family friends had a beautiful coconut tree farm that I used to go and play at when I was little. And one summer when I went back, they had actually sold it to the Indian government to become airplane land and it no longer exists. I started beginning to notice how land seemed so dispensable just all over, not only in India, but land just seemed so commoditized. It felt like we were so disconnected from nature. We were so disconnected from land and everything started to become very monetized and very much about money. I felt like India was a place that had such rich history, such rich ecosystems and things like that, yet everyone was so concerned about building new properties and getting business and it was very capitalism driven. Of course, I wasn't thinking about capitalism when I was like eight years old, but looking back on it now, I can reflect and see in retrospective that things started becoming very different, to say the least. Every time I went back, like I mentioned earlier, things just looked more and more industrialized. Factories began began popping up. Textile mills began popping up. Even Carpi and her community were no longer in that sort of trading bartering system. They were buying products that were very commercialized and things like that and it was just weird to see that that shift I mean this was a life I was so used to in America um the commercialization of things having huge supermarkets where we can just walk in and get everything but from when I was a little kid in India we didn't have huge supermarkets there we had farmers markets we had local farmers selling their produce out on the streets and many of that still exists in india today but it is quickly becoming westernized modernized and commercialized and this was something that was really disappointing to me because it felt like it was another form of disconnection i mean if you think about it when we walk into a grocery store we no longer know where our food come from came from who grew it who touched it who even loaded it that day onto the shelf? We just pick things up and we leave. We expect everything to be given to us in a sense where we don't really have to grow, produce, or have contact with the things that we interact with on a daily basis. And this is kind of coming and sprouting from a very long chain of human history. I mean, I don't have time to get into it now, but pretty much as economies and societies evolve, people become more specialized. We no longer have societies where we 
raise livestock and grow food and make our own clothes and are expected to, you know, make steel products or things like that, we see specialization. We see different people doing different things and that leading into sort of a more market-based economy where we don't really have to be humans of trade or humans of skill anymore. And honestly, I think that's a huge loss for society. Us as humans are people that are meant to create, are meant to grow things, are meant to be connected with the land. We're so smart and resourceful, yet it seems like we don't even know how to do the most basic thing, which is honestly feed ourselves in a natural way. And when I say feed ourselves, I mean grow food. Humans have just separated so much from nature. I mean, we don't interact with anything natural. Even if we do, it's fenced off into areas we call parks, you know. Everything, every inch of the earth has been touched by human activity and commercialization that we don't really have anything that's true, truly a natural landscape anymore if you really think about it. Anything that's a preserve of nature is something that the government or us as humans have bordered off and marked as something that is meant to be preserved. It no longer just exists to exist. And that's where I kind of see this shift from being connected to nature and understanding nature and respecting nature with balance and harmony to commoditizing nature, to using nature, to exploiting nature, to feeling like we are above nature. We In this hierarchy of life, humans have put themselves at the top, animals, plants, everything comes beneath. And with us thinking that we have this privilege over the world that we live in, I feel like that's where this shift in feeling like, you know, we kind of have that tragedy of the commons mindset. We have that whole thing where we'll just take and take and take and it's for everyone and anyone can use it. And I think that is flawed. I guess you could say the beginnings of this flawed sort of situation came from the domestication of plants and animals i mean we as humans were once living in the wild we were interacting with berries and plants and different things and we learned how to eat through trial and error but after a certain point in human history which i think is one of the trademarking turns of how humans became the humans we know today was the domestication of plants and animals we took species that were in the wild we bred them down and we created new domesticated species and eventually started calling them livestock i mean if you break down that word word itself it's all about what i said before the commoditizing of nature livestock stock something that you own right and it's alive and why don't we see that connection we've even created different names for the meats and animals that we eat we call pigs pork we call cow meat beef we call chicken poultry we try to disconnect ourselves from the very thing that we're eating the very alive thing that we're eating and exploiting since the industrial revolution we have honestly as a species as humans spiraled out of control i'm talking like 2007 britney henny like spiraled out of control i feel like we have made great strides don't get me wrong like i'm not anti-capitalism all the way. I believe that, you know, we should always grow and develop and evolve as a race and as a species. And I believe that a lot of the advancements that we have in society are very beneficial. But I also believe that our bodies and our minds um, physically, our DNA hasn't evolved 
to support the kind of lifestyles that we have kind of set up for ourselves in the sort of society that we live in today. And what I mean by that is we as humans are meant to be outside more. We're meant to be more connected to nature. Even this craze that we're hearing about digestive health and our microbiome, a lot of our microbiome bacteria flourish on organisms and probiotics based in the soil because we're meant to be outside we're meant to eat plants from the dirt not have plants that are grown in a different country sprayed with fertilizers washed um put in grocery stores sitting there for have sat there for two weeks and then being cooked down and possibly thrown away we are meant to be more connected and more um just balanced out with our planet This imbalance that we have with our planet has honestly created imbalance within ourselves. We always feel the need to move faster, do better, create more, buy more, be more. That we no longer slow down and just meditate and think about the importance of just being and being connected to those things around us. And I'm not just talking about the soil and the earth and all that hippie stuff. I'm talking about being connected to the people around us, disconnecting from technology in order to improve our mental health, things like that. And I feel like because we live in such a fast-paced society, we've also harped on the idea of convenience. And convenience, in my opinion, is one of the leading contributors to pollution. I mean, if you think about it, we no longer feel the need to cook at home as much. We constantly buy and eat fast foods and even eat pre-made processed foods in the grocery store. But if we were to just sit at home and maybe cook a homemade meal, not only is that process meditative, but it's also healthier for our bodies because we're more in control of the ingredients that we're eating. We're more in control of our time and our space and that is so important um we as humans also (laughs) love convenience in the form of single-use items we would rather you know have our coffee immediately rather than making it at home or even just packing a mug the more that we slow down as a society the more that we can plan and think and talk through our days in order to create a more sustainable lifestyle for example I started carrying reusable silverware with me. And every time before I leave the house, I always pack my reusable silverware with me. I always think, yes, I'm going to need a water bottle. So let me bring my reusable water bottle. Oh, I might need a snack. So let me pack an apple rather than going out and buying Chick-fil-A or something like that. And just by me slowing down, meditating on my day, thinking through things rather than feeling the need to be go, go, go all the time, I've already created three sustainable lifestyle changes that will not only sustain my health and my well-being, but also reduce the amount of single-use items out floating in the ocean. So many of the principles of yoga, Ayurveda, and meditation, and other ancient forms of relaxation and healthcare are rooted in just a simple idea of slowing down, taking a breath, and knowing yourself. These are things that we can apply to our daily lives to make ourselves healthier and more sustainable. Knowing yourself and understanding the balance and the systems around you is so important, especially when talking about nature. And when I say nature, I don't only mean, when I say indulging in nature, I don't only mean going on hikes and fishing and hunting and growing your own organic farms and things like that. It can even start simply by just being outside, taking your laptop and sitting outside on your porch rather than being cooped up indoors. We as humans are nomadic beings and the more we connect to 
the originality of our nature and the way we we're meant to be, the more we can c- connect with solutions to sustainability. And I know I sound very like hippie, like I trust me, like I grew up in a suburb outside of Georgia. I went to an SEC school, like I understand what it is to be modern and I understand what it means to just be a normal person in today's society. But I feel like we as people can do so much more and reap such benefits if we just connect further with nature. And I think that's the solution to sustainability is understanding nature and feeling connected to it so that you can nurture it and advocate for it. It's interesting because... I don't know, with all the quarantine stuff going on right now and all the news about COVID, we're seeing like this big thing about nature healing itself, right? Everybody's like, yeah, we're the virus, we're the virus. I mean, we we low-key are the virus, but I feel like why do we why do we have to be? The reason we are the virus is because we're so disconnected. Again, I keep repeating myself, but it's because we're so disconnected with nature and we've separated ourselves so much that now we've become a threat to nature, which is crazy because we evolved to be a part of nature. We're the only species on the planet that produce waste that doesn't get put back into the cycle and create something regenerative. Our waste is destructive. It's polluting. It's it's wilding. On that note, I feel like there's always hope. We as a society are building upon the idea of reconnecting. I mean, we're seeing a huge rise in things like yoga, meditation, spirituality. Not only that, but organic produce, holistic medicine, um, circular economies, renewable energy. We're seeing people take a stand, open their eyes, become advocates and activists around these issues of sustainability and reconnecting and understanding that our world is so complex. We live in this web, right? Everything interconnects. The idea of intersectionality is so prevalent, especially in sustainability. If our soil, if our ecosystems aren't right, then we as humans aren't right. If we as humans aren't right, then our ecosystems aren't right. And our ecosystems and our well-being is totally dependent upon our idea and our ability to connect with nature and connect with our health and ourselves and all of these big topics are very connected and we're starting to open our eyes to that and I think that there's huge potential to capitalize upon that I mean I hate to bring capitalism into it but we are seeing all these great new companies B corporations come up we're seeing people just be more community oriented even in this time of quarantine we are just seeing a huge change in a new normal and I think that's exactly what we need earlier I said that you know I totally understand what it's like to be a normal person and a modern person but I don't think that there's a separation between the two loving nature and connecting to nature and being a modern and normal person there doesn't have to be a difference in fact like our new normal should be combining the two And on that note, I'm going to sign off because I can go on and on about this topic. But I hope you guys realize that there is so much power in indulging and learning about our surroundings. Not only nature, but just the people around us, the perspectives around us, and the general spirit around us. And I think that we all have so much work to do, and I think that we can do it together. And on that note, stay tuned for next week's episode.